podcast. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. I hope you guys are having an amazing week so far. And I hope that for those of you who live in places where you lost an hour on Saturday or no, on Sunday, that you're recovering well because that hour hits differently. Like it's tragic, trust me, especially when you wake up early for church and you go to bed late and every minute you're like, oh, it's 10 now, it's actually 11. Oh, it's midnight, nope, it's actually one in the morning. It just sucks, but what can we do? I hope you guys are rested and recovered and that, and happy International Women's Day to all the wonderful, powerful, unapologetic women who I know and who I look up to and am so inspired by. This week, or since we last spoke, I've been really feeling, I'd say loved and really happy. And it's interesting because um, a friend of mine was over and we were discussing the fact that sometimes when we have expectations of somebody who doesn't come through for us, we become so fixated on their lack that we lose sight of all the people who continually do come through for us. And... Yeah, it's just really important that we don't ignore the hundred for the one because it would be great to have the person who we expected to do something for them to actually do it. But in the event that they don't, life is such a blessing that when one person doesn't show up for you, there's so many other people who will show up for you. And that's something I learned a lot last year and that I continue to see so much that I can't help but be grateful to have so many people who I could call at the drop of a hat who I know would show up for me in any way because some people don't have that, you know, and even if it's not the person who would be your, maybe your first call, it's great to even have the chance or the opportunity to have second calls who do show up for you. And it's important to appreciate that and don't get down because people will let you down. It's just a part of life, but don't turn your back on the people who don't and don't, it's a slap in the face pretty much if you don't appreciate those people because they're not the one who you chose, right? And other than that, I've been really trying to tap into my art. And for me, my creative outlets are writing, cooking, baking, singing, things like that. And I'm just trying to really see how each of those things, like how I can utilize them and how I can be more on the forefront or pay more attention to them. Um, I have a guitar, but I have small hands and the neck of the guitar is a little too small, um, too big for my hands. So I've been trying to just play the little things that I can and learn a little more. I've been planning to sew, planning to give, writing music, writing poetry. And um, this past Sunday at church, um, my pastor actually said something that really resonated. And I think it's part of what's been pushing me to tap more into my art. And what he said is that fulfilling my destiny is the gift I give back to God. And that's profound because God really is in need of nothing. But when he gives us things like the gifts and talents that he gives us, what we give back to him is to show him what we've used them for and how we've impacted the world micro or macro and made in a better place or positively affected the people around us with through fulfilling destiny with the gifts that he has given us. So yeah, I've been really into that and super 
introspective and trying to just get things done because we're inching towards the end of the first quarter and there's just a bunch to do and I don't want to waste any time. I hope you guys had a chance to um, meditate on the words to live by for last week, which were, I'm only too much for you. And so far with my only too much for you campaign, I've been getting a lot of positive feedback and I'm so excited about it. I look, one of the things that kind of makes me nervous when I'm starting something new, especially something that is a movement that's not just based on my ability to do something more so how I can interact with people is the fear that many people aren't going to participate. And I'm sure I'm not the only person. Many of us have great ideas, but we don't want to throw a party and nobody comes kind of thing. But just thinking, going back to not ignoring the hundred because of the, I'm not ignoring the hundred, the hundred for the one. I am blessed to have an amazing network of supportive women in my life. Friends, acquaintances, just people around me who, if when I sent the link to them, they were like, I'm down, I'll do it. Give me time. Let me think. Some people were like, I'm triggered by this. Um, there's been people who I've dated in the past who said they didn't want to be with me cause I'm too much or they're intimidated by what I do. And it was just confirmation that I'm actually on the right path with this and that it's actually resonating with people. And with regards to the words to live by, it's important to take up space unashamed. And for women, that's not what we're taught. We're taught to close our legs. We're taught to be small and to shrink. Um, I've been on the bus before and there have been men. For any of you guys who have taken a subway, you know that the seats are very close together. And there have been men who would spread their legs so wide that from the center seat that their bum is on, their legs would be on the seat to the right and to the left of them. And there would be people standing up with nowhere to sit and they wouldn't even flinch or blink or think, let me close my legs. And this is extreme and this is inconsiderate, but that's kind of how men are taught to be, to be able to spread as wide as they can, take up as much space as they can, um, enter into as many industries as they can and not apologize, not blink and not care if other people want to get in. But women, on the other hand, as I said, are taught to be small and dainty, but it's time for us to acknowledge the fact that we're too much and to, to take pride in it because it's one thing to want to just force yourself into a door for the sake of saying, I deserve to be there too, but it's another thing to hold your weight. And I find that women are holding their weight. Women CEOs, women entrepreneurs, minority women, we're killing it and we're not getting the attention we deserve. And some people are still trying to keep things the the good old days, which are trash for most of us. <laughs> They're trying to keep things like that and trying to block us from getting in. And I think this is the time for us to take our power and break down the necessary doors and be unashamed and be absolutely too much unapologetically and just kill it. <laughs> so yeah, it's really, it's really exciting for me. And, um, My hope is for this campaign to not just be something that I'm doing for um, Women's Month. It's something that I want to really push and create more. I already have so many plans and inspiration and I've been so blessed to have amazing people in my life who are even sending me messages and 
who have thoughts about it, who are sending me confirmation that this is the right step and that there is so much good that's going to come from this. So I'm continuing to push. So for those of you who are interested in participating, you can go on my Instagram, which is at Tokes Talks. You'll see the post, the call to action. Feel free to take, um, screenshot that and create a post under, um, a post underneath, feel free to share it on your IG story and just write all of your too much declarations all over it because most of it is white or make a video. However you want to express yourself. I can't wait to hear and see. And it's so exciting to me. And thank you very much for all of you who have already sent your well wishes and are, are working on how exactly you're going to declare your abundance to the world. (laughs) With that, I'm just going to get right into the episode for this week. And this week, I'm going to be talking about confidence. So the way this conversation came up or this topic came up is that I was having a conversation with my sister about our exes, the people, the ghosts of our past, the ones we want to stay ghosts (laughs) and the atrocities that we faced when dealing with these ghosts and the things that we even allowed to happen that now I'm sitting here. We're like, were we crazy? Were we dumb? Like how? So, um, when my sister and I were having this conversation, um, she was, she had spoken, had the same conversation with somebody else. And that person told her that with her ex, she had low self-confidence. And she was telling me that I didn't have low self-confidence. I thought I was popping. Like I dressed nice. I felt like I was beautiful. I looked good. And this was, and me also thinking about the things that I've allowed in my past and the things that I let slide that I should have put a stop to. I was like, I didn't think I was unattractive. I didn't think that this was the only person who would like me and that if it wasn't this there would be nothing for me. So it really got me thinking about how you can be confident in one aspect, but also allow stupidity. Like, I don't know how else to put it in another, in, in the same breath, you know, and how those two things connect. So in thinking, thinking about this, I realized, or yes, I came to the conclusion that confidence is a combination of self-worth and self-esteem and self-worth is an internal process, whereas self-esteem is an external process. So I'm just going to discuss both what self-worth is, what self-esteem is, and then the confusion of the combination of self-worth and self-esteem, in particular, having low self-worth and high self-esteem, which is what me and my sister believe we face. And I'm sure we see a lot of women face, especially with social media, when you say, oh, she's so pretty. How did she end up in that? Because there's more to it than just the outside looks, right? So I'm going to start off with self-worth. So self-worth is the internal value that you place on yourself. And when I say the internal value, it's the value that you place on your time. So how do you spend it? What's important? Um, Who you give it to and at what pace? It's the value you put on Um, you place on your effort. So how much of your effort do you give to people in exchange for what? And um, is it, are you willing to just give your energy to places that maybe you're not getting the same in return? Or are you, do you have an expectation prior to you exchanging your energy? 
um, sorry, your effort and energy, the same thing. How much energy are you putting into things is the energy. Are you someone who puts more energy into things than you're receiving back, even when it's to your detriment, because you don't, that's the value that you place on it. Um, it's the value that you place on love. And this is how you give love and how you receive love. Are you someone who will give at a 10, even if you're receiving at a two? Because your self-worth for love is a two, even though you give tens. Um, it's the value of your kindness. And I feel like kindness and love are two of the very difficult ones. And I'd say that with, especially with kindness, we, when you're someone who prides yourself in being a kind person, being someone who's considerate, we sometimes feel that we can only attest for ourselves, which is absolutely true. Like I'm a big fan of the concept of, I have to answer at the end of the day, I'm going to answer for my actions. Right. So I want to do what I believe is right. Even if someone's doing what is wrong, but with kindness, there are times where the kindness you're showing someone is not necessary. And it's not, it's not, even though you're a kind person, there's a difference and a need to know when to step back from being kind and that it's okay to not be kind to someone who's not deserving of it. And also the value that we place on our space. So are we willing to sacrifice and let people into our space who aren't worthy of it? And this is also sometimes because of kindness, you know, whereas people aren't doing the same for us and we're doing it to a point that it's to our detriment. So self-worth is the standard, either high or low, that you regard yourself. And with the standard that you place, it's also therefore the standard at which you hold others to with regards to yourself. So what I mean by this is if, if you believe you're worth $2, let's say out of $10, and yes, this is, this is a money, this is a money analogy, but it's really not money. But I think when we're talking about worth money is the easiest thing to really, um, understand it with. But if you are placed on a rack at $2 and you're worth 10, you'll hardly ever find somebody who will, who will buy it at 10. It's just like, for example, you go to a store and you see 24 karat, uh, 24 karat gold diamond uh, and diamond necklace and it's sitting on the rack and they're like, oh, um, the price tag on it is dangling and it says $10. And you're like, did they put the comma <laughs> at the right spot? Hardly ever. If you see it, what are you going to do? You're going to say, this is a steal. I'm going to get it. And enjoy the benefits. Hardly ever will you go into a store and say, oh, excuse me. Oh, I see that you priced this for $10, but I really think it's worth $100. So I'm going to pay $100. People will, you'll find great people who will do this, who will see you valuing yourself at below what you are and treat you at the value at which you should be, even though you're giving yourself away at a steal. But for the most part, people will capitalize on the fact that you're at a discount like literally they'll capitalize on the fact that you're on the clearance rack and take advantage of it if you give someone a 10 and you're okay with them giving you a two you'll find that over time that person is not going to give you a 10 
They're going to give you the two that you need to survive and keep you satisfied, even though you're giving them a 10. And that sounds disgusting and manipulative. And in my opinion, it, it actually is because there comes a point where if we know that someone is doing more for us and we have the ability to do for them, even if they don't require it as a good person. And that's the, that's the key word as a good person, we should also give that person the effort of which they're due, not just the bare minimum. But unfortunately, when you encounter people in life who want who want the most bang for their buck. Even if you're worth $300, if you're selling for three, they're not going to, they're not going to treat you at the level that you're actually worth because you're clearly allowing yourself to, to be at a discount. And the thing with self-worth is that it's learned. And it's one of those things where sometimes you have to go through being devalued before we understand what being devalued is like for me i would say and also for a lot of women um i didn't i have a lot of examples of married couples in my life like i have my parents my aunts my uncles i've seen a lot of marriages good ones bad ones i have so many examples but what i didn't really see a lot of growing up were relationships like boyfriend girlfriend relationships my cousin who's a decade older than me had a boyfriend when she was like 17 and I was maybe five yeah I was five and my sister was seven so we saw her boyfriend and he came around and maybe he'd buy us candy but by the time we were of the age to have relationships she was married you know so because of the fact that we never really saw how relationships went, it made it a little difficult for us to actually understand that this is not the right thing to do. And that's why I say that self-worth is learned because after you get out of those relationships that really don't serve you, when you finally find a way to crawl out or when that person finally releases you from your bondage, (laughs) um, you then are able to reflect and realize that I was underselling myself and that's why sometimes it, and that's why it's important actually to, when you, when you get out of a relationship that you think wasn't serving you, understand that that was one isolated moment. Lots of people take that and become scorned and they're like, Oh, somebody treated me bad. So I'm never going to put up with crap from anyone. But there's a difference with understanding, never putting up with crap from anyone and giving too short of a leash that you're actually block potentially blocking your blessings because you're so scared of the pain that you faced in the past happening again like for me now I know my self-worth now could I say I knew it two years ago I don't think to the extent that I do now absolutely not I was in my opinion giving much more than I was receiving and I was absolutely okay with that but now I know that I'm willing to give at this level because that's the type of person that I am And I also, within my self-worth, deserve to receive at the level at which I'm able to give. And it's not a bad thing to ask for reciprocity and to ask for what you think you deserve. And if someone's not willing to give you that, it's okay to absolutely step back and walk away as well. And that's the sucky part sometimes with life. The fact that you have to go through the trenches to realize certain things like why can't we know our self-worth from jump like some people do of course and some people are taught these things and lots of people are taught a lot of things but will still go through some tragic and very difficult things and 
sometimes even the shame and the stigma that comes with the fact that you should know better and you didn't makes you go through it longer because you you're even scared or ashamed to talk to someone about what you've gone through because you don't want them to look down on you or you don't want them to judge you that how how could you go through that didn't you see this didn't we tell you this didn't we teach you better but that's the thing about life we we learn and we process and Sometimes no matter how much you hear it, you actually physically need to go through it in order to understand how it works for you to apply it truly to yourself and be better for it in the future. So with that, I'm going to get into self-esteem and self-esteem is the external display of confidence. Self-esteem is how we feel about our looks, our skills, our attributes, our smarts. And that's why I think it gets very complicated because when you're in, I'll just keep since this whole topic came about talking about relationships, when you're in a relationship with someone and you feel confident in yourself as a woman or as a man, you, you, you know, you're physically attractive. You, you know, you're smart, you know, you bring things to the table and you know that you have good traits. It's, that is the external factor. And that's, and it makes people confused as to how you could have a low self-worth but a high a high self-esteem and it's because these two things are not necessarily can be mutually exclusive but as i'm going to go into this um the last topic we're going to talk about when they combine in a negative way and the results that you see because of that um self-esteem helps or hinders us when we step into the world so when you step into the world with your head held high confident in who you are you because of your self-esteem, it can really help you. And on the other, on the other end of the spectrum, if you have low self-esteem, you don't feel physically attractive. You don't feel like you bring much to the table. You don't feel like you're what people are looking for in whatever space that you're in. It can really hinder your ability to be your best self. Like I'm sure many of you guys know people who can't even look people in the eye, you know, because they don't have that self-confidence or that self-esteem and self-esteem can be developed by life and it can also be developed or influenced by you as an individual person. So if you go through life with a lot of positive, um, affirmations and a lot of confirmation, like you've always been told you're beautiful, you've always been told you're smart, it helps your self-esteem grow because these are things that you've been told so much that you believe them to be fact. So someone can't come and rock your world on it. Like for me now, I believe that I'm gifted and talented in many ways. So, and I've proven that through my ability to learn multiple things and to put my head, like, yeah, put my head to something and folk and knowing that my focus is enough to bring that thing to pass. Like, I feel that if, I am determined to learn something. I will learn it as long as I take the time necessary to do it. And not everybody's like that, but that's just something that I've seen as a pattern in my life with how I've learned to do many of the things that people see me do today. So if someone were to come to me and be like, oh, you, you don't, you're not gifted. I'll just be like, okay, (laughs) like I really wouldn't care because that is something that I know to be true on the inside of me. So there's really nothing anyone can do to shake it. Right. And, and it doesn't just come from, and for my example, now it comes from me teaching myself, but it also comes from the confirmation of the people around me. Like people will tell me that, Oh, 
you know, like you've learned a lot of things and you're good at a lot of things. And this is not to toot my own horn at all, because if I'm able to go on university of YouTube and learn how to do things because I have the patience and the time, it's not out of anybody's reach. Like I didn't go to special schools. Um, I didn't grow up in a house that we were so rich that they sent me to special tutors for every single thing I wanted to learn. So I just had the self-determination and um, decided to do those things, which means that any of y'all could do it because it's really not that difficult as long as you decide to be focused, right? So it's this is not in any way to toot my horn, but it's just where my self-esteem lies. My self-esteem lies in my ability to do stuff. So if someone were to come at me and tell me that I can't, I'd just kind of be like irrelevant. I don't care because I know this to be true. And for some people, their self-esteem is developed through others. like And this, especially with social media, some people need to constantly post because they need the fire emojis under their post to keep them good. But with that, I say, since it's self-esteem, we need to have a foundation rooted in our knowledge of who we are and in our pride in ourselves. Because should the like stop, should the comments stop, we don't want to now crumble because there's no one patting us on the back constantly. There comes a point, especially as we get older and more mature, that we need to be able to know who we are and have that confidence in ourselves without the confirmation of the outside world. When we're younger, of course, this is the case. Like Because when I was in middle school and my mom would tell me I was cute, but I'd get to school and none of the boys told me I was cute. I wasn't trying to listen to my mom. Like, what? <laughs> she didn't, like, you don't even matter in this point because you're not the one who wants, who's going to be my boyfriend when everybody else is getting boyfriends, right? But as I've gotten older now, I don't need somebody to pat me on the back and bolster me. I've taken what I know to be true about myself and I apply it to my daily life. Unshakable, but like being not, not being easily shaken by what other people have to say. So that's the difference between self-esteem and self-worth. So where the confusion comes of self-worth and self-esteem is when you have low self-worth, but high self-esteem. And this is when, like as my sister and I were discussing, when you have difficulty in your relationship, but you're confused as to why, you know? Or even if you're not confused as to why, the outside world is confused as to why. They ask you, why do you stay with that person? You're so beautiful. People, people will like die on like there's a lineup of guys who are waiting for you but you you don't necessarily think you may think that to be true but because you've placed a certain value on yourself the person who's treating you at the value you've placed on yourself you don't even necessarily think they're doing something malicious and i think this is where it gets dangerous because if we put for example as i said with kindness if we put our self-worth of giving kindness at a very high premium but our self-worth of receiving kindness at a very low premium, what will happen is that you'll be in relationship with people where you'll give, you'll be so kind, you'll go above and beyond, you'll share, you'll sacrifice, you'll do all of that, and they won't. And because they're working at your $2 value, you won't even think there's anything wrong with it because you don't even care to receive as much as you give, you know? And 
what happens with this is that when you don't care to receive as much as you give, you that person's doing no wrong in your eyes. Because how could they be doing wrong if you've said your price is $2 and I'm paying you $2 every time and your, and your investment is $10 and you're giving me $10 every time? Have, has someone actually cheated you? Absolutely not, right? So because of your low self-worth in certain regards, you end up staying in these situations and giving yourself away at a steal, as I said earlier. No, as I said, no one, hardly anyone is going to pay more than what you're priced at, even if they know that that price is a gross, gross, gross devaluation of what you're actually worth. And that sucks, especially when we're in these situations, because we're okay with accepting mediocrity because our self-worth of ourselves is mediocre, even if we're giving above and beyond. And this is the same thing with giving niceness to the wrong places, because we'll say, well, I'm the person's nice to me, but are they really, is someone actually nice to you if they're giving you just the bare minimum that you require when they know that you give more and they're also physically able to give you more than what they're giving you. And that is the key. If somebody literally only has $2 to give and $2 is your price, then what can we do? They literally have fully exhausted their emotional bank on you. But if somebody has $10 to give, your price is $2, you're giving them 10 and they're literally giving you two. And every so often they drop that down to 150. It's, it it puts you in a very confusing place. And with the whole self-worth and self-esteem confusion, it's the reason why people will look at someone and say, oh, but she's so beautiful. Why, why would you stay? Like, you're so pretty, you can get any guy. Why would you stay? And when, because of the fact that we see this so, so often, we have to really stop and realize that there is a separation between the two. Because if there wasn't a separation between the two, the moment you're beautiful and you have high self-esteem and someone is treating you bad, you'd leave. But the fact that we know a lot of attractive, physically, emotionally great people, like people who you'd say, if I was with this person, I would never let them go. And we see people like this being used and abused and dropped and like, thrown away like they're nothing all the time. It just goes to show and confirm the fact that self-esteem and self-worth are two very, very separate things. And outside of relationships, because that's what I'm talking about the most, to bring it back to what I'm doing right now with like work and everything, it's just the same way how you stay at a job that you really should not be at. And people will be like, why did you stay there so long? You're so smart. Or like you could have got a, a bunch of other offers knocking on your on your door. That might be the case. You know you're smart, but you've gotten comfortable with accepting 40,000 a year and that's absolutely okay for you, not knowing that if you were to be able to take the risk, which I think is the keyword, the risk, because sometimes our self-worth is rooted in fear. And that fear is the type that We don't even want to step out because yes, we could potentially get more and people are trying to convince us that we can, but in the meantime of receiving none while waiting for the more, are we actually willing to, 
are how do we handle that downtime and how do we handle the dip because at least two dollars is better than zero but how do we handle that moment of getting zero and what I say about that is that if you are deserving of 10 or let's say eight because 10 is extreme but yeah 10 people get 10 all the time and it's it's a sliding scale because you might get 10 today and might get eight tomorrow but we're on our way up if you're deserving of 10 and you're getting two it's worth the risk to step away because there's going to come a day where you're going to be enlightened to your, to the discount that at which you've given yourself and become so angry that you're going to leave anyway and get out in search of that 10. So that's just what I feel about self-esteem and self-worth. And I believe that true self-confidence comes from the, the combination of high self, high self-esteem and high self-worth. It can't come from high self-worth but low self-esteem or as I mostly discussed, low self-worth and high self-esteem. You need to have the perfect combination of the two because when you are high on both spectrums, internally you'll rate yourself accordingly and externally you'll present yourself accordingly. And what that will do is attract people to your life who should be there. And when when you attract people who shouldn't be there, you'll have the the value system in place to be able to vet them and excuse them to the door (laughs) whenever need be. So I really hope that helps you guys and puts things in perspective and allows you to really take a look at how you value yourself. Because many of us don't know that we're devaluing ourselves. And with that, I just want to get right into the words to live by along the same line, which are, I'm taking myself off the clearance rack. (laughs) Um, Look at your life, like just take a look at your life, take a look at different places, different parts of your life, different attributes, like what I named earlier, which in the self-worth scheme, the value of your time, the value of your effort, your energy, your love, your kindness, your space, and your niceness, and see the places where you're putting yourself on the clearance rack when you need to be behind the glass or pinned to one of those ink sensors that say if you try to rip this off thing you're gonna there's gonna be ink everywhere we need to take ourselves off the clearance rack even if you've been there for so long that you feel that that's where you belong it's never too late to under um to acknowledge the fact that you've been giving yourself away at a discount and decide that you no longer want to do that and act accordingly because we need to how we value ourselves is how people are going to value you, you know? And there's this Yoruba saying that my mom always says all the time, like the way you carry your own thing is how somebody else is going to help you carry it. When we have a passion, for example, and we're so, we're so enamored by it, that energy that we exude is how people receive what we're doing. And the value that we place on ourselves is the value that other people will place on us. So if you're chilling in the clearance rack and you're worth 20, 30, 40 times more, nobody is gonna, well, hardly anyone. There are some unique and special people who do pull you from your devaluation and bring you up into the, to the glass case that needs a key to be opened. But for the most part, people are looking for ease and that's not necessarily a bad thing because why why want to work and stress more than you need to, right? We're all kind of looking for a calm and easy way out. So 
Take yourself off the clearance rack, friends. It'll be so much better for you in the long run. Thank you guys so, so, so much for listening. Have an amazing week, and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.